This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, it's another shrimp net. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's the official podcast of the Shrimps Trust of Morecambe FC. Uh, joining Joel and myself this week, we have the usual two guests from the club. Uh, first, we, we have um, our tame and house-trained board member, um, Sir Roderick of Taylor. Welcome, Sir Roderick. Morning, friends. <coughs> Oh, like I say, he's getting a frog from his throat. Uh, and we have a, a shrimp net virgin for the first time tonight, our commercial manager, uh, who's been uh, put on the spot by Ryan, uh, Martin Thomas. Welcome along, Martin. Good evening. So we'll start as we mean to go on. Um, we'll talk a little bit about MK Dons first. Obviously, most people are aware, um, a 4-0 home defeat, never, if you can take any positives out of that, you've done well. But I, feel, I still think we can take some positives out of that, Joel, can't we? Yeah, it, it, I've said this a few times already, uh, I think much to many people's disappointment, but it, it wasn't a 4-0 game. And when I say that, I <clears throat> I'm not saying that we didn't deserve to lose, but I'm just saying that we didn't deserve to lose by that much because ultimately we kept them in their own final third for a quite long period. And I'm assuming that was the game plan, let their centre-backs faff around with it, basically. And, you know, over the, uh, as we know from last season, you know, when we're... <laughs> that can be quite an effective tactic, just letting the opposition sit, sit the backs play around with the ball. But, you know, they're a, they're a good team, MK Dons, and they're going to get through occasionally. And obviously, the defensive errors and maybe being a bit softer up on Saturday just kind of meant that whenever they did get through, their quality was able to, you know, get them good opportunities to score. But, they did, but there, there were positives to be taken, you know, in that, I thought our midfield structure was really quite good, and you know we, we like you know we, we yeah. pressed quite well. I think maybe the uh, the midfield intensity dropped off a little bit at times, and maybe in, in terms of pressing, as, as uh, the manager said. But overall, there, there were some quite good positives. It was just maybe we were a little bit a bit too much of a pushover at the back at times, and but you know we still created chances as well, even without Cole. You know we. That was a really good goalkeeper performance. You know, that save from McCalmont in the second half was really good. So, you know, I think we, the scoreline was a bit harsh. We ultimately deserved to lose because when you defend badly like that, you can't really argue too much. But, you know, there the were parts of the game that were quite positive. So we just got to take those and carry on. That's all, I suppose in the cold light of day, you can look at the difference between the two clubs. Uh, is them obviously being well established and getting fairly decent crowds. Uh, but look at the squads, and they lost Max Waters, who they've got on loan from Cardiff, who obviously was destroyer in chief when we played Crawley last year. Uh, and they had Mohamed Issa coming in to replace him alongside Scott Twine, who also destroyed us for Newport last year. So they've got some quality up front. Now, when you take that and then realise that we had to play a fairly untried Courtney Doofus in place of Cole. Um, and the difference between the two squads there is is it's a, a complete chasm. Courtney coming from Bromley in, in the conference, Mohamed Issa coming from Peterborough, a division above. So, um, yeah, it, 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 I think looking at it like that, Rod, we, we can't really be too too disappointed, can we? 
I think it's the old thing, David. You know, sometimes we, we've all got to just kind of absorb it and, and take a bit of a reality check. No, you don't want to lose football matches, and and I agree with Joel there. I think I think the final scoreline flattered MK Dons. We were bright in the opening, what 15, 20 minutes. I thought, you know, we looked okay. I was I was quite confident, and and as you say, you know, a couple of absolute great saves, one worldy, and and. It could have been a totally different game. I don't think, and it, you know, cliche in football, I know, but I don't think we get a lot of rub for a green. And it just seems to, you know, compound it when, you know, one of our defenders makes a mistake and it's pounced on and, you know, the worst happens. So, but I, I, I'm with Joel on this. I'm, I'm more encouraged um, going into December than, than I thought I may have been. You know, I think, I think we'll be okay. And going on to a game like that, Martin, does does it does it affect what goes on in the sort of like the local choice suite and in all the boxes where people are like, well, that's me, I'm finished with it, watching this rubbish, or people just take it as what it is and at the end of the game sit and have a drink and think, well, that's football, or, or do you get sort of people going, oh, no, I really enjoyed the day, but the football was crap. What happens, Martin? Um, I think we all know what football fans are like in general, so when a result doesn't go your way, everybody's disappointed, of course. But I think the atmosphere this year in the suite, in the stadium as a whole, is an atmosphere of positivity. And the, the feedback that we get is a great day out that they had. Yeah, people are disappointed about the results, but they can see the effort that's going in. They can see the gaffer acting on the touchline. They can see everything. So there's a real air of positivity about the whole building at the moment on a match day. Well, at least that's a positive anyway. Uh, I know there was, there was quite a bit of... I was sort of walking out of the Barticard stand and there was, there was a few moments, but most people were like, exactly as Joel and Rod have said, that, that we weren't really... We were, we were, they were flattered at 4-0. Yes, they deserved to win. But we did create a lot more chances against MK Dons than we did against Charlton. And we got a draw against Charlton, Joel. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, it's just how football works, you know, just it's a, it's a funny game and, that, and that's how it goes. But yeah, considering we didn't have our, our, our main striker, who's been amazing for us this season, you know, the fact that we still managed to create a good few chances was, I think, something to be encouraged by. But, you know, it's, it, it's football. You're, you're going to take bad defeats. But I think with having a grumble, you know, it's, it's, it does get hard to maintain a bit of perspective and, and look at the bigger picture and then what actually happened in the game when you lose by that margin. But, you know, you just got to take the positives from it. And I think you look at some of the other sides that have come up with us. Uh, Cheltenham took a 4-0 beating at Sunderland and they've been in pretty good form recently. Uh, I think Cambridge have had a couple of bad defeats. They lost 4-1 to MK Dons the other week. They lost 5-1 to Lincoln earlier in the season. And I didn't think Lincoln were that impressive when we played them. So, But ultimately, they've bounced back and they're doing relatively well. So, you know, you just got to put it in, in the big picture and not get too bogged down. Because ultimately, like some teams in this division, like MK Dons, do have the quality to really, really punish you if you do make a little bit of a slip-up. And, you know, we've got to avoid those slip-ups. But big picture we just need to bounce back from it look ahead to Buxton and, and then Sunderland and Portsmouth and throughout the Christmas period you know yeah the all... transfer window Joel and the transfer window yes exactly yeah yeah because uh, uh, looking at it obviously we we could be in a situation where and I'm only guessing 
But knowing that, uh, looking at the news, that the people that played in the friendly, well, not the friendly, the, the reserve game against Preston North End, we could be in a situation where, you know, if Cole happens not to be fit for the Buxton game, I don't know, maybe maybe we see a Beaker, maybe we see McPake, maybe we see Wildig. I mean, uh, you know, McPake's, McPake's actually turned into uh, the sort of like uh, the invisible man. Uh, you know, he's played a couple of games and looked for the 20 minutes that I've seen him. I'm like, I want to see more of him. But then he gets injured and we don't see him again. So, I mean, fairly harshly, uh, you know, if if um, if Josh can't get fit, then, you know, do, what, what's the score? Do we send him back to Rangers and say we try and get somebody else in in the, in the window in January on loan? And I'm, I am being harsh, but but it's like we, we have been unlucky with injuries. But looking at looking at what we've got, hopefully coming back. I know Will Dig and Obeka are, are, are hopefully going to be in some sort of you know squad for Saturday. It could be quite interesting, Joel. Yeah, no, definitely. It'd, it'd be exciting to have them back. It'd be good to have a little bit, you know, a little bit more competition in those wide areas, you know, because that that never that never goes amiss. I think with, with McPake, I think the last time he played was that those final twenty minutes against Accrington. Yeah. And he he was really good, I thought. In that, he really got kicked to death, didn't he? Yeah, he he, he just yeah. He, I think he caused one of their defenders to have a bit of a breakdown. He got <laughs> you know about three fouls in, in the first ten minutes he was on and got booked for him. So you know he's he's got a bit of quality about him. We saw him play well at uh, Harrogate last season. Fingers crossed. It's just bad luck. The same with Wilding this season. You know, just it sounds like he ankle injuries mainly, but I, I'm not too sure. Just why be able to pick up from interviews. So hopefully, you know, wherever the worst of that and he can get back into the team, give a bit of competition to the likes, you know, Nahua and McDonald, because, you know, that, that, that'll only help the squad, hopefully. And moving on to the, the Buxton game, I'll come to it in a minute with Rod. But um, off the field, we had, we've had 500 tickets sold, Martin. Is that right? Yeah, we're on about 500 at the moment. Um, obviously, we got our initial allocation from Buxton. Um, which was for uh, about a 400 mark. Um, they sold very well. Uh, we tried a new system to sell them with the uh, way the p- payments were a delayed payment. And I must say that it's worked very, very well. We're really happy with the way that the ticket sales went with that. And we managed to secure um, an extra allocation. Uh, well, sorry, two extra allocations on top of that as well. So yeah, tickets are going well. There is still, about 50 left um so depending on when this goes out they do go sale on friday at five um so yeah we just so need if, to hope we if can you, uh if you're listening and you haven't got a ticket uh well, this will go out friday morning so you can still get one you can still get one uh online or via the club shop and they are in general sale now as well well that's good news that we've, we've sold out rod um before you joined us, uh, Joel was gently ribbing me and you going, I'm looking forward to you and Rod talking about going to Buxton in the 90s. And I went, uh, 80s, 70s? <laughs> no, uh, it's like all our yesterdays, this Rod, oh, isn't it? It is indeed. And um, looking forward to the to the occasion, as I've said before, it is your archetypal blooming banana skin, but we've got to just go there, do a job. The gaffer and the boys are very focused. And, you know, going back to Silver Lens in, was it 94? That was our first away game of that season. We got promoted to the conference. Um, so, so yeah. You scored twice. You did score twice, yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. The only minutes. 
<laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't mean the minutes of the meeting. I mean the minutes he scored. Um, <laughs> I bet you can remember him. <laughs> I've got I've got uh, potty shrimp next to me. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah, okay. a, good, a, a good journalist always does his research, so I'm not a good journalist, so I didn't bother. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to say to you know on your previous point though, David. You know, people leaving leaving the museum on Tuesday night it, it paled into significance with um, with Goodison last night. I mean, that was <laughs> sorry, Mark. I didn't, I didn't minutes. mean to mention it, but you know, you've got to make these points, haven't you? Twenty minutes. I think we'll stay away from that subject, to be honest, Ross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you might, Martin. I, um, for those that don't know, uh, um, Martin has an aficionado, is an aficionado uh, born in Chesterfield, and he's a Malcolm and a Blue Nose toffee, aren't you, Martin? I am for my sins, yes. Yeah, but stick with it, mate. I mean, it, it was a stra it was strange when there was people walking out after twenty minutes because they'd have been they'd have been just outside the ground, and then Damari Gray pulled one back. Are they trying to get back in? <laughs> well, from going to Goodison quite a bit. Um, I don't think they'll have actually been outside the ground. I think most of them were getting a very, very early pint or five to get through the second half. Um, so I think the concourses will have been quite busy. You mean you're not allowed out? <laughs> <laughs> no, they lock us in to keep us in. Yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> so um, I, it's going to be an interesting test. I, 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 again, I haven't done my research, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever been on BBC One live in our entire career. I've seen us on Match of the Day and we've been on Sky and what have you, but we've never been on BBC One. Uh, lunchtime kickoff and a plastic pitch, Joel. Now, you and I know we've done enough talking about this. We know that when Dermot came on, he said, we will do work on the on the 4G that we've got up at the uni. So uh, we should be prepared for this, but you just never know, do you? Yeah, you do never know. I mean, I think Thinking about it, I think actually a, a 4G pitch, you know, the the, the you know the the, the total quality these days, you, you'd actually rather that than a traditional kind of non-league ground that's you know just just a bog, <laughs> especially at this time of year. And also, it would have run the risk of being called off with some of the rainy weather we we might be having over the next couple of days. But you know, it, it'll be a test, and and you know the the B, you know the reason why the BBC One cameras are there aren't to you know capture us as a football team. They're to try and they, they want Buxton to beat us. And to be honest, most people tuning in, if this wasn't Morecambe, if this was, I don't know, another League One team, let's say Gilliam, I'd want Buxton to win. So, yeah, you know, and I, I, don't, I, I can't really blame a lot of people for wanting us to, you know, have an upset done this. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, we want to be party poopers. I think uh, <laughs> that's got to be our own professional ones, of course. But, you know, we've just got to keep our heads, keep our focus. Obviously, we've got League One standard players in the end. And, you know, that, that sh should shine through as long as we you know, put the application in. But you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure the team and, and Stephen and everybody will, will be completely prepared to do that. I've touched on this before, Rod, but strangely, if we had Buxton when they played on grass, their pitch was always brilliant, wasn't it? It was decent, wasn't it? From my, yeah. from my memory, I think, yeah, it was a good surface. I mean, all right, it was the first game of the season last time I was there, David, so it, <laughs> you'd hope it would be decent that time of year, but I think it was generally a decent surface. And uh, as we've touched on before, um, the highest ground in England, a thousand, well, in professional or semi-professional, a thousand feet above sea level. So, uh, I, 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 do, does anybody know if they've been doing altitude training? <laughs> um, it's a good question, but um, uh, I don't think so. 
So I'll come to Martin now, just before, uh, if, he, if he gets up and disappears in about 15 minutes, it's because Martin's very kindly talking to us while he's looking after his kids at karate. Uh, and I believe, are you in the front bar at the Carlton? Is that right? I'm actually downstairs now. The signal wasn't too great and I was getting interrupted by a few people having a drink. So I'm downstairs on the prom. Freezing. All right. All right. You, you've done the Dermot O'Carroll and gone and smooth. Got outside. Um, so, so commercially, um, I, from your point of view, and I, I, I might be being flippant here, but um, has it has it been easier in League One because people are beating the door down, or have you still got to work hard? I think we've still got to work hard. Um, I mean, our, our partners have been great with us. Um, we've got a lot of long-standing local partners that have been absolutely brilliant. Um, what it has mean is what we're offering now has a wider reach. Um, so as we've seen by the announcement yesterday, the shirt sleeve global partner actually um, coming in and taking a sponsorship of the shirt sleeve. The, the audience that we're appealing to now is a, a wider audience. So when we're looking at commercial values, the value of it, it has increased. Of course it has. But we're very conscious to make sure we we look after the people that have looked after us for many, many years. We've got partners that have been with us 20, 30 years from back in Christie Park days. And I think that's really important to remember as well. Don't forget where you've come from and uh, these people have been there for us so we need to help them enjoy the ride as well and, I, and uh, the one thing that i have noticed and obviously i, I had a i took advantage of the offer in that um in the local church suite when we played cambridge and there was still a lot of uh, a lot of fans there they, they, um what would i call um fans that, well i spent my time speaking to loads of people that i knew because loads of people were taking advantage of it. So you've hopefully not lost that sort of fan base who always used to sort of contribute. Not, oh, just, the, not just the businesses, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, and that's what we've got to be careful of. We've got a really good core support. We've, we've seen season ticket sales go up, I think, approximately 325% now, I think, of the figures that it's actually gone up from uh, the 1920 season. Um, so it is a huge increase that we've, we've done. Um, we're making sure that um, everybody still, well, the club still has that family feel to it. And that's really important to us to make sure that the local community gets behind the club and we engage with the local community as well. And uh, looking at the situation, I, I went to get the ticket for uh, Fleetwood the other week and the club shop was just, um, I went in during the day and the club shop was buzzing. There was people in and out all the time and uh, coming in footfall for tickets, but also, uh, you know, picking up a jacket here and a shirt there and stuff like that. And I know there was a time when I know there was a bit of surprise because there was hardly anything in the club shop in September because uh, it, it had been stripped bare like locusts. But I noticed it was, it's back full again, just in time for Christmas. What a coincidence. You say that, well, we had a very, very good Black Friday. Um, we've got more deliveries expected uh, at the end of this week, uh, early next week. Uh, they are in the country, we're just waiting for it to get to us. And we should hopefully have some more replica shirts in as well in the away, which has proved unbelievably popular this year. Uh, the black design has gone beyond all expectations. So um, hopefully we'll have a delivery of that in early next week as well. 
Yeah, it's, it's probably because it's uh, it's quite slimming and flattering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, the partnership with Joe has worked really well. It's meant that we've got access to a lot of products a little bit quicker. Um, obviously, your bespoke retro shirts, because ours is bespoke, it's not something we have off the shelf. Um, James and myself were quite heavily involved with uh, the design aspect of that last year. Um, so they do take quite a long time to get uh, delivered but a lot of the other items we can get in a two to three week window rather than 60 days minimum which we were looking at before a lot of items but we've expanded the range as well so that we're not having to rely on um, products from overseas so we're using an array of local suppliers for some of the items to uh, the terrace which has been a really successful partnership for us um, so we, we've got more than one avenue for stock now as well, which, which has worked really well. And uh, uh, so by the sound of it, a lower carbon footprint as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're, we're always looking to go as green as we can. I mean, the FL introduced a new uh, green guide for clubs uh, about two months ago now, which is something that we're constantly keeping an eye on and keeping up to date with everything that we can do to try and implement to be as green as we possibly can but uh, to also maximise the experience for everybody um, involved at the club as well. I know, uh, I know if Charlie was on this one, the only, thing, the only green thing he's interested in is the mushy peas, because he, he's, still, he's still going on about them. He, he, wait, 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 he, he wants mushy peas with his pie instead of processed, and I'm like, Charlie, I like processed peas, I don't mind. So what, I think it's a mix, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. I, I think it's a mix of both, I don't know. Well, they, they always taste good for me when I eat them. That's all that bothers me. <laughs> exactly. That's all that matters. Uh, Joel, you got some questions for Martin? Yeah, I thought it'd be just interesting. With last year, obviously, uh, I imagine it was, it, was, it was a bit of a tricky one with obviously everything shutting down. So how, how hard was it to try and, have, try and generate revenue and keep things ticking over um, during the pandemic and, and that season? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, we I remember the day... Quite vividly, uh, it was the day of the Gold Cup that uh, we got the cancellation through uh, for the the games, and literally we got the cancellation through. I think at something like half past ten, it was on Sky at uh, twenty five to eleven. Um, so before we'd actually seen the official confirmation, we saw it on Sky. Um, it, it was really hard to generate income. We did it. Uh, I must say. Our commercial partners that we had were absolutely amazing with us. Um, unbelievable. Along the lines of season same with season ticket holders that weren't asking for refunds back. We had the same with commercial partners because we, we couldn't deliver everything that we promised to deliver because the season was 20% cut short. But they all understood what position we were in. And you, you just didn't know on that day what, what was going to happen. So it, it was... What can we do? What can we save? What can we generate? And um, I know we had many meetings and many calls with people generating income. Um, we luckily already got the uh, wheels in motion on the stadium sponsorship at that point. And um, we, we had a lot of irons already in the fire, which, which still materialised. So... We did okay. Um, it, it wasn't 
disastrous for us. Of course, it wasn't as profitable as it could have been. Um, but we live and learn and we, we look at ways to, to enhance what we can offer going forward. I suppose going, going forward, obviously, into this season, uh, as this freeze has already touched upon, being in League One, it'll be a boost. But uh, it seems around the place that there's just quite a few more staff members uh, taking over different roles at the club. So has that kind of helped to kind of maybe ease the burden maybe on yourself or just on the kind of financial operations of the club as, as a whole, just because you've got more people doing, putting, you know, giving more ideas, taking on different jobs. Is that going to help uh, kind of make things a little bit better and a bit more smoother? Yeah, I mean, Ben's came, Ben came in in uh, June. Uh, absolutely great acquisition for the club. Uh, some great experience from Harrogate. Um, he's a great soundboard for me. Um, if I come up with something stupid, he'll tell me to shut up and to, to move on to the next one. Or if it's got legs, he'll tell me, yeah, he's got legs. And we'll look at things and, and look at how we do things. I, what we did find um, during all this is that to maximise the opportunity, we needed the staff in place. It, it wasn't a case of, oh, there's just enough staff to do that. We needed to make sure that we got the staffing levels right to maximise things. And yes, staff comes at a cost, but by not having them, it's a bigger cost because of sales that you lose, income that you can't generate because people are too busy doing other things. And the team that we brought in have been absolutely amazing so far. Um, and yeah, great acquisition as ticket office manager in SLO uh, with some great experience from another club. Um, so great acquisition. Yeah, we don't mention that name at all, uh, where she's got the experience from. Um, We're talking I mean, about somewhere in Cumbria, like her. Yeah, we might be, yes. <laughs> um, does, it rhyme I mean, with, does it rhyme with Mara? <laughs> it might do, yes. <laughs> um, but great to take up, to take the Anya with her experience. Um, Owen was helping in the shop. Uh, before Graham moved on to Pastures New, he's got a great rapport with customers. I see him with customers every day, and he's built up a really strong relationship with customers really quickly. And Natalie, uh, who's in the shop as well, been around the club. I'm not going to say too much now, but I think 20 years. Um, I might be wrong, but I think she was a junior red going back. Uh, back then so been a supporter of the club all her life and uh, yeah just gets the club as well another great acquisition for us no, that's brilliant and uh, I, I've known I'm, like you say with Owen I've met him a couple of times over summer in, in the club shop and he, he was great to chat to yeah, but just, just just finally uh, <clears throat> obviously side getting the commercial deals with uh, with kit manufacturers <clears throat> I'm just wondering is there anything you can tell us about the kind of the, the process in, in doing that and kind of selecting which kit partner you, you go with? Yeah, so with kits, um, we were very fortunate with Macron, really good company to deal with, but we've been with them for about four or five years, I think it was. And it just gets to a stage where you've exhausted the catalogue, to be honest, of like the training wear and things like that. So we, we wanted a change. Um, so we went out to tender and we looked at many, many different manufacturers 
people wanted to work with us. It wasn't us going out, will you work with us? We were uh, approached by, I think, about nine or ten different manufacturers um, during that period. We, we looked at things from a commercial basis and from a design basis. Um, so we wanted to make sure we got the best deal for everybody. And uh, Joma came in with a great commercial package, but also the designs that we came up with uh, were absolutely superb as well. So, yeah, we, we settled on Joma. Um, and I think it's done really, really well. Sales are up a considerable amount this year already. Uh, we've, well, we've already taken more than we took last year on, uh, on shop sales. So hoping to build that even further for the remaining of the season. Brilliant. So thank you very much, Martin. If you feel free to go and uh, pick your kids up from karate if you need to. Yeah, I was going to say it's 20, 28 minutes past. So uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, Martin. If you, if you stay tuned, and you can still hear us, still chip in. Um, I'm going to move on to. Uh, I'll move on to Sir Roderick of Taylor now. Um, Rod, it's been an interesting season and a very steep learning curve for just about everybody on the staff, I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Martin made a very good point to, to Joel's question before about when COVID hit, what we're doing. Um, and we were down to the bones, and I mean, getting Ben, in, getting ben on board and, and other staff, I, I've got to say, it's, it's like my. Uh, uh, my working hours considerably and, and thank goodness that they're in place. But, you know, we work together as a team. There's a lot going on. There's great uh, camaraderie within within the uh, within the stadium. Um, we've got um, Adele there as well, who's on reception now. She's a new addition to the team. So ben, ben is putting a lot of sort of meat on the bones of the three-year plan as we move along. And it's, it's a moving feast. It's, it's moving every week. And... And, you know, some great ideas there as well. And, yeah, we're going, I think we're definitely going in the right direction um, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, what, what's, the, uh, what's the update on the, I, I noticed that the, some of the uh, steelwork was in for behind the Barticard stand uh, against uh, Charlton and obviously against MK Dons. Yeah, and there'll be, there'll be more going in um, on this Saturday, actually, when we are, when we are in the peak district, there'll be more going in then. Um, they won't do the, the actual cross members until both sides of the uprights are in because that is like millimetres. So that's going to be absolutely measured precisely. Um, but yeah, it's moving. Thank goodness it's moving at, at long last. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I made a pledge, what is it, four years ago um, at the, uh, the presentation night, not knowing what was ahead of us and round the corner and Dealing with um, Diego Limos, comedians, <laughs> some comedians, yeah. So, Joseph yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just glad it's there. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny when you look back, Rod, and look at everything we've gone through there with Joseph Caller sleeping in the boardroom and then uh, going under this, trying to sleep under the stairs at the Midland, and uh, and then uh, Diego Limos shaking everybody's hand, and you taking him to Colchester, and me teaching him how to say A hey, up. And uh, and you look at that and you think, give me give me that four years ago and tell us, first of all, we'd be in League One, and secondly, we'd be we'd have been to Stamford Bridge in the FA Cup in the third round, and I'll laugh you out of town. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, you know, you look at these fixtures here, 
you know, fixtures coming up, Sunderland, Portsmouth. Now, okay, we we played Portsmouth before in League Two, but these are these are massive football clubs. But we're there, and we're there on merit, and we'll stay there on merit. I, I feel very strongly about that. The um, Stephen and Dermot and John uh, are working hard, looking at the together with us, looking at the January window. We've got Martin Foyle on board now as head of recruitment, who's, you know, he's a real experienced head. He knows what he's doing. They work really well together at Motherwell. And I think that all is well for the future. Really, you know, get to January and let's see what we can convert. Because I think that's going to be a crucial time of our season, as it was last year. Yeah, true. And to be fair, it was uh, in Jim's last full season that, when we signed Richie Bennett and Aaron Collins, which basically turned our season around, Absolutely. didn't it? Yeah, without a shadow of a Yeah. So it is an important time, and uh, and uh, you heard it here first um, that uh, we have been kind of t- tipped off that we might get Martin Foyle on next week, which would be lovely. Uh, not that I expect him to come on and say, "Oh, yeah, we're going to sign half a dozen," but it'd just be nice to. I just, not, uh, you know, me, I'm just nosy, and I, I want to know everybody who's involved in the club. You know, where do you fit in? Where do you fit in? How does this all tessellate? How does it all get on? And I know that everybody speaks highly of Martin Fall. And I remember he was a player at Port Vale and what have you. And he was a decent centre forward in the lower leagues. Uh, but obviously, I'll do a bit more research than that. But I can't get that out of potted shrimps. But yeah, so um, we, <laughs> we, uh, we hopefully we'll, we'll have him on, if not next week, the week after. Because um, it could be a crucial time, January, couldn't it, John? No, yeah, definitely. You know, I think. I think even coming straight out of the summer and straight into the season, you know, I think Stephen and, and most managers would say that that they, they always expect to be to have to strengthen in January, even if things go pretty much perfectly. You, you know, other clubs are going to be strengthening. You need to keep up with them, or, or obviously, in some cases, you see areas in your team that need to get strengthened. But yeah, you know, I think it, it's just going to be one of those times where, you know, thankfully we've got a. A new recruitment director in place has worked with Stephen a lot in the past, and he, you know, he looks like he did some really good stuff with Northampton over summer, and obviously, like we've alluded to already, his, the stuff he did with Stephen at Motherwell was really, really good as well. So, you know, I think I think we can be quite hopeful, hopefully, about the uh, the January window. And uh, I just want to come to you now, Rod. Um, I notice that it always gets silly season when we come to December for who's going where. Well, I had to chuckle because Facebook was full of coal to Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, well, yeah, that'd be an upward step for him, wouldn't it? What are they? Eight, six places above us? And it's, yes, they're a big club. And I'm not den- denigrating them as a, as a big club. But they have got enormous... Of, still, you know, I know they've been bought out, but they've still got an enormous amount of debt because the club's bought the debt. So it's like, hmm. But um, that was an interesting one, Rod. But it is silly season, David. You're not, you're not season right. And there's... Uh, speculation flies about, and even you know now, now with social media, it's instant, isn't it? So you've just got to um, you've just got to let all these things ping off you and, and get on with your job, and uh, let's see what happens in January. We we want to make sure we're in a good position, a open football club, to, to not just to remain in league one but to progress. And I'm going to come to Joel now for a little bit of trust um, business. Uh, and I'm, and uh, I know you'll both laugh at this because it's the thorny issue of coach travel. <laughs> <laughs> We've, uh, there's been some funny games on Facebook uh, 
with the Morecambe FC fans, trying to organise coaches. And I think we won. I think we're on about four different people having a go, and then deciding no, it's going to cost me a fortune, so we'll sack it off. But um, the the trust have committed to do certain games, haven't they? Yeah, it's games that we feel that there's going to be the demand for, and obviously that this is not. To be honest, it's not as much my area. It's more the area of people who were coach drivers, such as Rob on the board and Jack, who's been had a few years organising it. So, so they are experienced and they they know what they're doing. They're not just kind of reeling it off, doing what they feel like. They they do know what they're doing, and you know we've got Sunderland away planned because obviously there's going to be demand for Sunderland. It's in the north of England as well, which helps. Although it is a bit of a bit of a track away still, but you know. It's Sunderland, who you know, it's a very exciting fixture. Uh, and then I think I think we've got a few more coming up over over the Christmas period. I don't think we're doing Portsmouth, but I think they'll be obviously bolting away, which would be quite necessary given that I don't think there's going to be many trains. Yeah, day. yeah. So, Bo- uh, Boxing Day, Cole's last appearance for us before he signs for them. <laughs> of course, exactly. As uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely going to happen. Of course, but uh, you know, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I can't quite recall the fixture list off the top of my head at the minute, but as always, just keep an eye on our Facebook page. We've obviously got something going to Buxton this weekend, which I think might be full now. But uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, uh, and whatever, and we'll, we'll do our best to keep you updated. And uh, Rod, you got any exclusives for us then, or uh, have you have you uh, exhausted your uh, your headlines? No, no, um, I don't know about exclusives, but we. Uh... Ben and I went with um, community sports up to Lancaster Farm just today, and that was that was quite an experience in in a few ways. I hadn't realised how big that place was. Yeah, it's massive. I also hadn't realised it wasn't just for young offenders anymore. It's oh. all age groups, which I didn't know. And we were there with um, uh, the the twinning project, which is aimed at you know rehabilitative. Um, schemes and this was obviously football um, level one and level two coaching. Uh, there was six lads there who got the the, the coaching certificates. Um, there was some really I felt heartfelt comments from them. One lad who has um, been released shortly um, has got an opportunity at a, at a local, uh, sorry, not, not local, um, a Lancashire um, Championship club, and he's looking forward to that hoping that he's turned his life around. And, you know, things like this are important. Giving people that opportunity, that chance. And, you know, Janet and the team have worked remarkably behind Martin, uh, headed it up, um, working really hard on the 12-week course and, and showing real dividends from that. You know, we, we probably don't show enough from the rooftops about stuff like this, but it, it was a real... Um, it was a real positive experience, and I, I certainly learned a lot. Well, that's good to hear because obviously it's building uh, building the club's profile as uh, as across uh, again all age all age ranges and uh, all possible fan groups. So it's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? And one one of the lads is a, is a Newcastle fan, so he's hoping we uh, we we still Sunderland, obviously. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny that because I'm not a Newcastle fan and I hope we stuff Sunderland. <laughs> yes. Um, so finally, Joel, um, we the trust itself had the well, I'm going to call the now traditional toy collection at the MK Dons game, and I uh, I happened to see the picture of it, and there was um, like a, a, a car full of toys. 
Yeah, it, it was really. It's been really successful. Again, that whole appeal. We, I think we still had a few things coming in on the um, the Amazon wish list as well. So yeah, it's just really lovely to see kind of people banding around and you know offering to help out you know people who who need a help uh, helping hand. So yeah, as usual, it's been a, a lovely response to that. So you know, we send our thanks to absolutely everybody who's been able to contribute. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a worthwhile thing. And again, um, the trust has proved itself really, really handy in uh, just getting behind community projects like that and making sure that kids who don't get a lot for Christmas are going to end up with something. And that, that could be the difference between them being really happy or feeling really lonely and left out, which is, you know, you don't want anybody like that because Christmas is a time for families and sharing, isn't it? No, yeah, definitely. You know, and if, and if it's something that we can do to help, you know, we're we're really happy to be helping out. And obviously, I, I just want to quickly, uh, it's, a, it's 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 right that I also give a shout out to kind of to Joe and Paul uh, and Steve all, all at the trust who kind of that's this is kind of more their baby, and they they put a load of a great deal of work into it and make it happen. So you know, it's a really great thing that they're doing. I think as well, David, we've got we've got another food bank collection on the. Um... The Fleetwood game, the 18th of December. So it'd be great if between us, the trust, the football club, whoever can can get that message out and uh, and get a response for that. Because again, um, that is a, a crucial crucial element of uh, sadly of our of our local society. Yeah, you're right. And uh, obviously, I won't get into politics, but um, if people wish to donate uh, any bag of food. Um, if you go on, you can go on the food bank on Facebook and it tells you exactly what they're short of. And I just happened to go on on Monday this week and it, it's it's sort of repeat business. It's the same usual things. It's uh, packet soups, packet sauces, pastas. It's all the dry goods that go, and the tin goods that go first. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a list there, um, squashes, things like that. That's what they were short of. Uh, and so if you are thinking you're coming to the Fleetwood game and you think it's a good time to get a little uh, a food, a food parcel together and drop it off because I know we've we, you know when we did it we did it not last season but the season before last when we were still playing and uh, I, I know they went away and they had to get another van didn't they <laughs> and also I mean goods can be non-perishable goods can be dropped off at the club shop at any time between now and then that's not a problem yeah, which would be great. And on that positive note, um, we will hopefully. I, I I don't usually do this, but I'm going to I'm going to finally come to you for a, a, a prediction for the Buxton game. So, uh, Rod, you go first. What no, are we going to do? No, no, we're going to do a silver lance. Come on, what no, no, don't don't do predictions, David. You know that. <laughs> well, Martin's come back now. I am back, yes. All oh, right, okay. Like, Rod's refusing to predict what's going to happen at Buxton. I, I predict we're going to win, but I'm not saying the score. What do you, no, I, you, you said you said the score, David. That's a different thing altogether. No, no, no. I, I, I'm going to predict we'll win, but I, I am the worst tipster in the world. If you ever, ever, ever back what I say, and it's it's seventy percent chance it won't happen. So go on, Martin. What what do you reckon? I think we've got a good, we've got a side that's a strong side, and I trust the lads to get the result. That's that's heading your bets. Come on, Joel, you, you tell us something a bit more. <laughs> I I think it's going to be four four with ten minutes to go, and then John O'Beaker will come on and score a hat trick on his return in the final ten minutes, and we'll win seven four. <laughs> well, yeah, 
uh, just just as a matter of interest, are you still on them drugs after your operation? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able that, to say. I, 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 I think we go, we, we go into it in a positive uh, frame of mind, Dave. I think, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. Go and get, a, go and get the job. Yes, I hope so. So thank you to Martin from the commercial office, uh, Rod from the boardroom, Joel from his bedroom, and me from in front of the old Lancaster Road stand. This has been ShrimpNet. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we'll have just as good a guest next week and keep you up to date. We'll be talking about uh, the marvellous win at the Stadium of Light on Tuesday night, which is eclipsed beating uh, Buxton 7-4. Uh, and obviously the fabulous comeback of John Ubeaker and McPake, who got a hat-trick. There you go. Yes, I think I'm on drugs as well. Hope you've enjoyed this. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening.